I'm recording this on the last day of 2021. Today is December 31st, 2021, New Year's Eve. 2022 is about to dawn on us. It's a brand new year. And I thought, hey, since it's a new year, let's talk about the new covenant. And while we're talking about the new covenant, let's talk about why I think that the four gospels, as we call them, should probably be renamed to the four biographies. Let's go. You're listening to The Unsunday Show. Leaving behind religious obligation to find a more authentic expression of Christ in us, this is The Unsunday Show. Hey friends, Mikey Adams here with The Unsunday Show. Before we get started, I want to mention a couple of things to you. First of all, I had the privilege to be interviewed on another podcast. The name of that podcast is The Resolute Warrior, and I was asked to come on there and talk a little bit about my story and about my thoughts on a few things, and so I did, and I will have a link to that for you down in the description below of this episode. Again, that was The Resolute Warrior podcast I had a chance to be interviewed on. And I'm really thankful that I had that opportunity. So go check it out when you get time. And also, since we're on the verge of a new year here and 2022 is about to descend upon us, hopefully it's a better experience than 2020 and 2021, but we'll wait and see. I've decided to go ahead and expand this podcast a little bit. I got on TikTok for some reason. Actually, I've been on TikTok for a little while now. I just haven't said anything about it. But I am there on TikTok, and I do little short videos about things from time to time. And uh, I wanted to just let you know that's something that's new for 2022 for me, and I'm going to be getting on there a little bit more often. It's really strange to me to start this stuff up because I'm such an introvert. And yet here I keep going doing all this stuff. So, you know, it's kind of a strange thing. I guess it's uh, part, of the, uh, part of the thing that I have to live with uh, concerning myself. So... I'm getting more and more used to it, more and more used to the idea, and I'm getting more and more comfortable on there. So I'll have a link to the Unsunday TikTok in the description below as well. In addition to that, I decided to go ahead and start an Instagram account for the Unsunday show. And so I am on Instagram now as the Unsunday show as well. And again, I'll have a link to that in the description below as well, in case you want to go check out the Unsunday show on Instagram. I'm a little unsure what to do with it there. I know there's other podcasts that are on Instagram, and I'll probably just be putting a lot of uh, memes and so forth on there about the gospel, about the new covenant, about Jesus, et cetera, et cetera, and things that relate to the Unsunday show. So TikTok is new for 2022. Hey, that rhymed. TikTok is new for 2022. Instagram is new for 2022. And as you already probably know, this podcast is available on any podcast app, but I recently added it to Facebook Podcasts. Did you know that Facebook now has podcast availability? Facebook Podcasts has been launched. And the weird thing about Facebook Podcasts, which I guess there's a lot of weird things about Facebook in general, but the strange thing about Facebook Podcasts is you can only see them on a mobile device. If you go onto a desktop, 
and look at the On Sunday Show page, there's no tab there for podcasts. But if you look at it on a mobile page, there's a tab there for podcasts, and you'll see all of the On Sunday Show podcasts. So long story short, I have launched the On Sunday Show on Facebook as well, and it's a podcast there if you want to go check it out. But again, it's only you can only really see it on mobile devices, so grab your phone or I guess your tablet and go check it out. I'll have a link to that below as well. If you go look at it on a regular web browser, you're not going to see a whole lot because, again, that podcast tab isn't there. I don't know why Facebook did that. I have no clue, but, hey, it's Facebook. So, anyway, it's there. Go check it out on your uh, mobile device. I'll have a link below to that as well. Hey, have you ever thought about this? We call Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John the four Gospels. When we open up our Bibles, there's a division in our Bibles between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the New Testament starts at the beginning of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John historically have been called the Gospels. Now, that title is something that was added later. Those titles weren't there uh, in those ancient documents, and they were added much later. So, here's my thinking. The New Testament, as we know it, didn't really start at the beginning of what we call the four Gospels. The New Testament, if we're thinking about Testament in terms of a covenant, which it is, the New Testament or the New Covenant didn't begin at the beginning of the Gospels. It began with the death of Jesus on the cross. That's the beginning of the New Covenant. That's the dividing point between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. That's the dividing point between a covenant of works that was conditioned conditioned upon perfect obedience in order to get its blessing. The old covenant was a covenant of works. It was an if-then covenant. If you do this completely, then this is what happens. Whereas the new covenant is not that way. The new covenant is not a legal binding covenant that promises rewards for obedience and punishments for disobedience like the old covenant did. The new covenant is a covenant that God made with himself to rescue us. It's a one-sided covenant. And the new covenant or the New Testament begins not with the birth of Jesus, but with the death of Jesus. Any casual reading of the New Testament will bring that to light. And yet we call the four gospels, the four gospels. I'm wondering if they would be better referred to as the four biographies, because they are biographies of Jesus, and Jesus lived under the Old Covenant. In fact, the New Testament tells us that he was born under the law and born of a woman. And so, Jesus himself was born not in the New Covenant age, but in the Old Covenant, under the Old Covenant. And so much of what Jesus said and did in the four Gospels, as we call them, was referencing not the New Covenant, but the Old Covenant. Think of the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount, the crescendo, really, for the Sermon on the Mount, is right at the end of Matthew chapter 5, when Jesus said, Therefore, be perfect, as your Father in heaven is perfect. And that's like the crescendo of the Sermon on the Mount. And really, that's bad news. That's not good news. That's bad news. And all through the Gospels or the four biographies, Jesus is addressing Jews under the Old Covenant almost exclusively. 
and he's making clarification to the old covenant law of Moses along the way. Remember that Jesus himself said that he had not come to destroy the law or the prophets, but to fulfill them. And as we move through the four Gospels, we see Jesus clarifying the law. We see Jesus elevating the law. We see Jesus elevating the law to its rightful state where it leaves people hopeless and helpless. That the law, which had to be obeyed perfectly and unconditionally, was unattainable because none of us can be perfect as our Father in heaven is perfect. It takes someone else to do that. And that's where the new covenant steps in. And so much misinterpretation of Scripture, in my opinion, has occurred because we don't understand that distinction and that dividing line between the old covenant and the new covenant. We think that because we open up our Bibles and it says New Testament in Matthew chapter 1, uh, Luke chapter 1, Mark chapter 1, and John chapter 1, that that's the beginning of the good news. No, that's the final message, really, of the bad news under the Old Covenant and the New Covenant being introduced during that time. But part of the problem is, and see if you agree with me on this, is that we tend to reach back, especially organized religion likes to do this, we reach back to things that have nothing to do with us, like the Old Covenant, and we try to apply them to the Christian life. We try to apply them to one another, especially especially in organized religion, in organized Christianity, in institutional Christianity. Because in the New Covenant, the message is simply, in Jesus, we've been set free. You know, sin is no longer our master. We're not under law, but under grace. We have no relationship to the law. The law is dead. The law itself is called a ministry of death in the New Covenant Scriptures. We're told that the law stirs up sin. We think that we can bring the law to bear on someone in order to get behavior modification out of them and somehow restrain their sinning or you know whatever that means. But that's not what Scripture says. Scripture says that the law, the law of the Old Covenant, doesn't restrain sin. It's powerless to do that. Or as Paul said, it's weak and useless in transforming a life. But we like to reach back into that. And one of the reasons that that's so easy for us to do is we don't understand the relationship between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. And we don't understand that there is no relationship there other than the Old Covenant being types and shadows and Jesus being the reality, the Jesus being the fulfillment of those types and shadows. But our preference and the preference of really institutional religion is to run back to the types and shadows, thinking that it's somehow pleasing to the Lord to go back under this old, these old covenant concepts that produce false guilt in my life. Well, in that setting of institutional religion, institutional Christianity, if you try and tell someone that they've been set free, that they don't have to keep the law, they don't have to keep the rules, well, guess what? They're going to listen to you, and they're going to say, okay, and you're going to start losing people out of the institution. And that's what's happening. People's eyes are starting to be opened to the fact that so much of what goes on within institutional Christianity is unnecessary. And a lot of what's unnecessary 
is because we tend to reach back into that old covenant and grab little things that we like and try and bring them over into the new covenant. Things like tithing's a big one. But there's a whole bunch of things, there's a whole plethora of things that we like to bring over from the old covenant into the new and pretend that these are somehow binding on us as believers today. But let me throw this out to you as well. No one today is under the law. Nobody. Jew, Gentile, nobody. Nobody today is under the law. Because in the first place, the law was only given to ancient Israel. It wasn't given to us. It wasn't given to me. It wasn't given to you. It was given to ancient Israel. And it was historically time-bound. That's part of the emphasis of Galatians chapter 3, is to show that the law, the old covenant, was historically time-bound. And there's never been a moment in time when the old covenant and the new covenant overlapped. And it was the beginning of the new covenant at the cross that made the old covenant obsolete. That's Hebrews 8. And so the old covenant is obsolete. No one today was born under the law. No one within earshot of this podcast or out of earshot with this podcast has been born under the law or is under the law. Nobody. It's an ancient covenant that was made obsolete by the new covenant. And we're told in the letter to the Colossians that Jesus took those regulations of that old covenant law, took them out of the way, and nailed them to the cross. So why do we try to bring them back? Why are we so enamored with trying to bring this stuff back? I think it's because we don't make that distinction between old covenant and new covenant when we're reading the scriptures. We've blurred those lines. We've fuzzied them up, and we think that everything in Scripture is meant for us. It's meant for me. It's meant for you. And so we go back and we kind of cherry-pick through Old Covenant Scriptures things that we like and that you know personal preference kind of takes over, and, and we grab certain, certain elements of it that please us, and we bring them over into our experience, and then we try and hold others accountable to those same things that we kind of cherry-picked through ignoring context. And the big context, the biggest context of all, is what covenant are those scriptures pointing to? Old covenant or new covenant? A more careful reading of scripture, keeping that in mind, not just keeping it in mind really, but keeping it as foremost in our minds, will really go a long way in our interpretation of scripture and its application. So, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are they four Gospels, or are they four biographies about Jesus, about God in the flesh, about the Messiah who came to earth to rescue those under one covenant by beginning a new covenant, which is not like the old? The new covenant is built on better promises. It's built on a better sacrifice. It's built on a better priest. And believer, when you believed, you were made complete in him. Of his fullness, we're told, we have all received. And grace upon grace upon grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. God has given us everything that we need to live in this present age. And it's all by grace. When we think about the old covenant and we think about the law of Moses— I already mentioned that it's a ministry of death. Those are New Covenant scriptures that call it that. That the law itself is a ministry of death. It has no place in our lives. But when we think about that Old Covenant law, we tend to ignore that, or we tend to turn a blind eye to it. 
and our interpretation of Scripture gets all muddled because what we end up with is a real hodgepodge. It's kind of hokey-pokey Christianity, you know, where you've got one foot in and one foot out. We have one foot in the Old Covenant, one foot in the New Covenant, one foot in law, one foot in grace, and it gets us all turned around. But when it comes to the promises of the New Covenant, those are made independent of the Old Covenant. That old covenant of law-based works righteousness is no more. And yet, so often we do things, especially in institutional religion or institutional Christianity, which promote those law-based ideas. We may not be talking specifically about Moses, but if we start a discipleship group, I mean, let's be honest with what it really is. It's performance-based Christianity. It's you need to be performing better. You need to be getting stronger, independent of Jesus. And if you're not getting stronger independent of Jesus, then we question the validity of your faith. And the thing just gets messed up and twisted up because, again, we don't understand the fullness of what the new covenant gives us, of what the cross brings to us. As a former pastor, if I would have told the people listening to me as I kind of pranced around on the stage that they were free and that they didn't need to be there, I wonder how many of them would have got up and left. Because even our institutional church setting, that model, is so enamored with the types and shadows of the Old Covenant. I mean, look at it. We have one person doing the the, uh, ministering. You know, you think about the Old Covenant priest was the only one who could really do the sacrifices. Well, now we've got pastors that we've been told by other pastors are the only ones that can do things within the assembly. And so we have the one person up front kind of doing everything for us while we sit there passively. In addition, we have things like sanctuaries. We have things like altars. You know, these are old covenant types. These are old covenant shadows. Believer, you are the temple of God. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in you. He's not in a building. He's in you. And yet we go back to that idea that we need the building. We have the sanctuary. We have the holy place. And this is God's house, we might call it. No, it isn't. Christian, you are God's house. You are a living stone. Not a cold stone stone, but a living stone. This is part of the newness of the new covenant, is that you've been made a new creation in Jesus, that his spirit resides in you, that, as Peter put it, we are partakers of the divine nature. And Christ is in you, and Christ is in me. He he can't get any closer than in you or in me. He's there by his Spirit. He resides in us by his Spirit. Well, that's a new covenant idea, because in the old covenant, that wasn't really going on. There was a holy place. There were holy days. There was a holy calendar. But not anymore. Those are types and shadows. And yet we run back to the type and shadow, and somehow we feel fulfilled by it. But again, those are just types and shadows. They're not the reality. The reality is in Jesus, but somehow, some way, especially in institutional religion, that just isn't enough. We need something we can, we can, you know, something more tangible. We feel like we need something that we can kind of hold in our hands. And rules and law-based Christianity give us that. They give us that. It's kind of a comfort thing, I guess, you know, with some of us, that it's something comforting. Okay, I've got this set of rules. I know exactly what's expected. 
and I know what's not expected. And so, you know, let me go do this. And we forget that we have freedom in Jesus. We forget that Jesus nailed those rules and regulations with the law to his cross when he died. And that believer, you and I are dead to the law, but we're alive in Jesus. And we've been raised to newness of life. That's new covenant. That's not old covenant. That's new covenant. And you don't see a lot of good news in the Gospels. There's some there, absolutely. But when Jesus is dialoguing with the Pharisees or with the other people there that are under the law, there's a lot of bad news as well. We look again at the Sermon on the Mount as something to be emulated. That Yeah, I need to be doing this. I need to be humble, which you do. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being humble. But it's not a way to please God. It's not a way to obtain righteousness. Righteousness is by faith alone, through the blood of Jesus alone. Not by what I do, but who I know. So anyway, I just wanted to get on here and ramble a little bit. Here it is, New Year's Eve. I don't know if I'll get this posted today on New Year's Eve. I have no idea. But we're on the verge of a new year. And I got to thinking how the new covenant is so radically new from the old. And how that in so many religious circles, that's not even considered in how we approach Scripture. Hey, can I recommend a book to you? This book has impacted me over the years. I read it quite a while ago, and I want to pass it on to you. It's called Clash of the Covenants. And I think the subtitle is, well, I don't remember what the subtitle is, but it's called Clash of the Covenants. And it's written by Michael C. Kapler, who was part of the team over there at the Growing in Grace podcast. Are you familiar with the Growing in Grace podcast, too? There's a podcast I would recommend to you without hesitation. But Mike Kapler wrote a book, and that book is called Clash of the Covenants. And it explains so clearly the concepts between the Old and the New Covenant and how that we can't mix those two covenants together. Tell you what, I'll have a link to it, an Amazon link to that book in the description below as well, Clash of the Covenants by Michael C. Kapler. And again, he and Joel Brzezinski team up on the Growing in Grace podcast once a week. And man, it is amazing. It is so encouraging and so good. And it adds so much clarity and clarification to some of the things that I've introduced today concerning the Old and New Covenants. But they're a lot better at it than I am. So I recommend the Growing in Grace podcast if that's something that you want to do. But hey, for now, I'll let you go. Happy New Year. Here's to a good 2022 as we move ahead. Remember, I've got a presence on TikTok now. I've got a presence on Instagram now, and I am on Facebook podcasts as well. So happy new year and stay safe. And we'll talk again soon. Thank you for joining us on the Unsunday show. To be a part of this ongoing conversation, visit us online at unsunday.com.